0: Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. Well, it's good to see you this morning. Is it good to be seen? Amen. Well, my name is Raul Figueroa. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Harvest Church. It's good to be with you this morning. And I have the privilege of sharing with you this morning's uh, message. Wow, it's good to see all of you this morning. Happy Father's Day. Amen. Amen. I just want to honor you fathers. I uh, um, I just want to, I'm gonna say that a lot, this message. I'm gonna say it intentionally. It's gonna be very unbalanced in how I say it. I'm just gonna lather it on, okay? You know, I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about my assignment today and just speaking and, and it lands today. On Father's Day and, um, uh, and just about the, the reality that um, I just I get an opportunity to do something I, I haven't done, which is speak on Father's Day, which is a praise of the Lord. And secondly, it, as the journey got closer to sharing today, I realized something about my own life, which, which many of you who know me would, would know, and, and just um, as a source that my thoughts about this topic stem from only a couple places in a good way, and that would be number one what we see in scripture and about the illustrations of what it means to be a father. And number two, about the examples that I've seen here at Grace Harvest Church of fathers. And as I begin to think about that, I begin to realize that the formation of myself, but also many people here, if they've, if they've connected and they've walked together and they've observed and they've allowed word flow and time and, and just influence to happen, that their formation on this topic has happened as well due to fellowship and the realization that we walk together and we impart to one another as we do that. And we've been on a journey here at Grace Harvest Church called the transform life. The idea that when we encounter God, it's his desire not to leave us the way he found us. Amen. And so this journey has been going on for a couple months now. And the, and so I think I kicked it off and kicked off the idea of, of a transform life. And then Pastor Doug came along and gave the gospel message and encounter. And we talked about uh, what it means in, in transforming and in being shaped. And then so here we are and the idea that we're brought from, um, when we make a decision to follow Christ, we're brought into the family of God. Amen? And because we're brought into the family of God, we now become brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? So just take a minute right now and look around to the people around you. And if they are a Christian that made a decision to follow Christ, they are in the same family, the family of God. Some of you don't have a happy face about that. But this is true, this is the reality of where we are, that, that Jesus, about the topic and about this moment, is the great unifier, right? I mean, the truth is, is that many of us would never even be in the same room if it wasn't for the gospel of grace and Jesus in fact, in fact, when, when we talk about the idea of a transformed life, and we talk about the idea of being brought into the family of God, that there's, there's another dynamic that we're actually brought into the household of faith, the household of God. That we are no longer just independent beings, that we're brought into a family, that now, now I get to walk with brothers and sisters around, but I'm brought into an identity. I'm a son or a daughter in the household of God, the kingdom of God. There is a way. We talked about that. And that, that leads me to the idea, as you're talking about Father's Day, I was ruminating the other day about Father's Day. I think mean, it's Pastor Drew. I was, I was expressing some thoughts to him, and he, he, uh, he gave some input on that. And, then we, and it was really good in this idea that in the shaping of people's lives, the importance of fathers, and we all know that, right? Like we've heard that. Maybe we've read that. Or maybe the lack of as my life growing up. But when I look through scripture, I see the, 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 the importance and the life that's brought. And, so, and, and as I started to think about it, I started to think about, okay, all right, here I am. I want to honor fathers. I want to honor the idea that, that the Lord has brought a unique way together that we can parent Uniquely different, uniquely different. Each in their own way, a mother and a father. I just uh, uh, there's a term for that, and that is um, significantly different parenting style. It's actually a term. And did you know that fathers, fathers parent more dangerously? (laughs) It's true. It's documented. It's written. It's there. It's like they parent more dangerous. It's one of the attributes and benefits of fatherhood and of being in a household with a father. Apparently more dangerous. I've seen that in my own life and play out. I have three boys and seen that play out when, uh, when, when, when interacting with them, whereas they might have wanted to do something and my wife was maybe a little bit more cautious and I was like, yeah, they want to climb that tree? Don't see no problem with it. Go! <laughs> And there have been a few times where I've had to rush across the backyard because one of my children was hanging by their pants or shirts dangling there as they had fallen, and I had to rush to scoop them up. And I want to bring honor to the idea of fathers. I want to bring honor to the men and the role that it means It's not going to be balanced. I'm not here to honor mothers this morning. I'm here to honor fathers. I'm here to recognize the role that men play in the shaping and the formation of people. And in the household of God, specifically in the formation and the shaping of people. But my story only takes me so far my story ends with a father in the home at six years old. So as I begin to think about this, I have very little reference about what, what, what the influence of a father in the positive way in the home, except to say that the Lord was gracious and kind in my life. That the Lord brought men and women who loved God at certain moments in my life where I needed it. And so this story this morning that I share with you will be, a, will be a weaving of a tale, a little bit of my life from Scripture, an observation of what I've experienced because I've recognized something as I was thinking about this idea about honoring fathers and speaking into their life. I think, I thought, the formation of what I know to be a father comes from Grace Harvest Church in a godly way. The majority of it, 95% of it. And I'll explain. Here at Grace Harvest Church, in the family of God, I observed men who loved the Lord and who could display that with their families. I had the opportunity as a youth pastor here for years to be involved in families at Grace Harvest Church. And I gotta tell you something. My takeaway of that is that families are holy. They're holy. That, that, that union and that, that thing that we call family and, and everything that happens inside of it, and there's some stuff that happens inside of it. I got stories. It's holy. And I'll never forget, as families let me in and I, my observation, I sat and we've had discussions, my wife and I, about my observations of men in our church. Or I would say to them in the moment I saw them, I've never seen a guy do that. What were you doing right there? And sometimes the things that were taken just by default or done by default, well, I was just being a dad. Yeah, tell me about that moment right there. And then I came to realize that my story and, 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 and when I read in the gospel message is a story of adoption And a story of surrogacy in this way. And a story of being brought into a family and allowing others to be a father to people who don't have fathers. And a story about those who have natural fathers that would pick up the mantle of what it means to walk and be a father. And then there are stories of stepfathers. And in one in particular I want to share with you that would pick up the mantle and speak and build into young people's lives as if they were their father. You see, this idea of fatherhood is powerful. You're irreplaceable, men. You're irreplaceable. Fathers, I honor you. You see, I recognize something. that I recognize that very few ever had a direct conversation when you were a boy growing up to sit you down to say, Okay, son. This is what your life is going to turn out like. You're going to grow up. You're going to meet somebody. You're going to fall in love. You're going to have offspring, sons and daughters. And then for the rest of your life, there'll be a charge and a pressure on you to perform and to provide and to protect And to do all of those things in a way that would try to build a bond and a healthy relationship with this one called woman. You see, I don't know about you, and many of you may have had that naturally. I did not. But I believe the Bible has much to say about this process. And I believe the Bible has much to say about the idea of father. So fathers this morning, I honor you. You're irreplaceable. You have a role to play now for such a time as this. The words that you would have to say into the next generation that is represented by your children is monumentous that you are here to shape the next generation. And more importantly, I want to encourage you, you have what it takes. Despite your own doubts, despite your own fears, the Lord knew. He wasn't taken by surprise. You found yourself in that place, He knew. You're equipped, you're able, and you are ready. Just say the words, just do the thing just stand up and take your position. Fathers, I honor you. I honor you because many times and oftentimes you don't hear it enough. And I'm not talking about from your spouse or significant other. I'm talking about the culture and the world that we live in. I honor you. You're esteemed fathers. You're esteemed in the culture, in the household of God. Fathers have a place and a role. You are not insignificant. You're not. I want to read something to you from 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 6. <clears throat> and this is a, a, a retelling, the Apostle Paul is rewriting from the Old Testament. In this letter, but he says, and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. This is a great verse because it shows the heart of God for people to bring them into the family of God and then to display what it means to be a father to them. Uh, maybe you're here this morning and to grow up in a household with two parents and have that, have that model done, to you, done and shown to you, well done, that you're able to take that as a stepping stone and do that and show that. And I say, praise the Lord. Do not grow weary in well-doing because you don't know who's watching you. I am a representation and I am the father who I am today because of the men in this church who have, who have lived it out and have shown little nuances, little, little things, words, perseverance, the ability just to, just to do it. And I'm thinking, whoa, what does that even mean? And, and the display of that idea. And this isn't just in the natural sense. This is in the spiritual sense as well displayed through 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. The apostle Paul says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord the apostle Paul led Timothy to the Lord and then began to disciple him and consider him a spiritual son. I talked about one week in the series about how when we make family comments, it's like the highest compliment, correct? Right, you know, it's like people visiting your home and that disparity between just the visitor and then somebody might say to you, oh, you're family, here's our house, help yourself. And in this way, we see the progression in scripture. It's like, you're family, but if you've hung around long enough, it's like my son It's around so much, I wish he would shower. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? It's like, it's like you get kids around, they're hanging out with your, your kids, or they're around. It's like, oh, that's like my daughter, they're just hanging around so much. It's like you, you begin to elevate, and the words lend to importance. It's like, is there any higher honor? Family, Scripture implies, fathers, I honor you. Don't grow weary in well-doing. See, today we're celebrating something that actually originated the idea from Spokane, Washington uh, in 1910, that uh, an idea that a letter was written to a president, and it was in, inaugurated and the first Father's Day was celebrated in 1910 to, by Sonora Smart Dodd. It's due. It's needed. It's, it's needed we we, we got to say it. we got to say, Fathers, we honor you. Because I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with men and to speak over them is to encourage them and give them the ability to have courage. You got what it takes. You were created for such a time as this. Your children hear your voice. A thousand times more influential than the next voice. Let that soak in. Fathers, it's time to speak. Your words are powerful. Powerful. So I want to read you just a couple things. As we know, maybe you've studied this topic. Maybe you've delved into it. Maybe, maybe you've been around. You've heard the influence of a father, a father in the home. Children that have a father in the home have a higher IQ. On average. No judgments, people. No, don't don't start thinking about your kids. Just, these are just averages. Supportive, playful, community fathers tend to have toddlers who have better linguistic and cognitive skills. Fathers that engage with their kids young, play with them. And then we hit the teenage years. Fathers, don't check out. We hit the teenagers, and, and, a, and a young woman with a father in the home is more likely to be sexually abstinent, and that's for both genders, but also feel more secure and safe. And then for the boys, with the arrival of puberty, and the hormones kick in, check this out, and the 800% increase of Testosterone. Fathers, you're needed. Fathers, you're needed. You are the ones who bring input and stability and direction. Even, even a calming effect to that idea. Fathers, I, I honor you. I recognize that not all households are mother, father, their offspring. I recognize also that there is step parents involved. And I want to tell you that that role that that would play, you having stepped into the family and being godly and displaying that, is of highest honor. I honor you if you're a step-parent as a father. And I want to read you, uh, I want to read you a text of scripture that, that comes out of that idea, and, uh, and many of you will know it. And this is from Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. And this is the story of Jesus' birth. And if you're a Christian long enough, it was familiar to you. You're like, yeah, I know the story, but there's some nuances to the story that are relevant to today. Did you know Joseph? Well, Joseph had to step in and be a surrogate father. It was by, it was by supernatural command, but he did. Let's read the text. Matthew chapter 1, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. I want to pause there if you don't know the story. Um, In in Hebrew ways, the courting idea is the promise idea, and you are husband and wife in all ways except for sexual consummation but but you will but you will you will be together hanging out you'll live your day to day together and you are considered husband wife until the actual ceremony so Joseph was engaged to Mary they had been walking along this journey he was hers she was his they were betrothed together and then she was found to be with child from the holy spirit just let that sink in for a minute they're engaged they're each other's, they should know no other, and she comes along to bring something to them. Joseph, just want to let you know, I'm expecting, but, but hold up, hold up, it's supernatural. <laughs> that chuckle that you just heard right there, all you super spiritual people that have wrapped your mind around that concept, okay, respect, but the natural man would hear this and have an instant response to the idea that their woman that they're engaged with is pregnant. And that response is, you've been unfaithful. I'm not too far off the, right? Come on. I mean, follow me, right? This is Now, Joseph, at hearing the news, can you imagine the emotional turmoil and, and just what's going on in him? It's, oh, what? I can't So much so that scripture says, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly because he was a man and he knew how this happens. Except this is a unique story, And, and this required supernatural intervention as well. So we keep reading. It says, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived is in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll bear his son. You shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Joseph had a choice to make. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the community? They know they're not married yet he's keeping her. What in the world? What happened? Two things happened. Joseph, you didn't wait or Mary, you went off and did something. But right here in the story, we see that Joseph obeyed the Lord. And what did he do? He gave his life to raising Jesus. Now we don't know much about that process. We don't know much about the process, not much is mentioned of Joseph, a, a few times, other times, but we do know that he stuck around and did what the Lord asked him to do, which was impart to this young man practical life skills. And so he did. He, he took the call, did the charge. And so if there are any stepfathers here this morning, I honor you. I honor you. Like You stepped in and... Did the thing, you've displayed the father heart of God to be a father to the fatherless. I honor you. Like there's no manual. When, When you step into families, each family has its unique code of conduct. It's like it's got its own mystery that surrounds the union of family, right? You know it when you step into it and see it fathers I I honor you and it's an interesting thing that that here Joseph because because later Jesus you know his parable like I I just can't help but think that you know in my father's house there are many rooms and I'm going to prepare and and if there's enough room for you can't help but think at times some of his building analogy was, was was from his upbringing like hey I know carpentry Oh yeah, by the way, I know about build, I know about building buildings on sand versus rock. Come on. My dad was a carpenter. Like like he, he began to talk like what was imparted to him even in his illustrations the natural fathers don't neglect to give instruction and to speak even when you think it's unwanted. The next generation needs it. Next generation, let's 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 pull back a minute. I Remember how I talked about I had the opportunity to be in families' lives. It's really a holy moment. But one in particular really displayed and s- sticks out in, in a particular way. That's the role of a father in restoring and redeeming and forgiving. I remember we were at our home. I might have had a phone call before they were coming, but maybe I just, I just remember a knock on the door. And it was, it was late there's a family at our door and when i open the door they walk in the whole family's their teenagers and i knew and i could see that they were already had a bit embroiled in a heated family moment that's why they were there i was the youth leader had the opportunity and they walk into my home there's a father a mother and the teenagers and i'm standing there thinking what in the world would I say to these people? And right before my eyes, this family dynamic begins to play out of, of, a, of a parents acknowledging a young person's transgressions and the, the young person trying to move through the emotions and process of asking for forgiveness and it being rebuffed and asked and pleaded. And, and I'm standing there. I don't know if we actually said a word till later. Like, okay, thanks for coming over. But as it played out, something beautiful began to strike me. And I often look back on that and think, Lord, this might have been for me, this story. And this display of father and child. And and, and the the dance of acceptance and love. And I'll never forget being in in the living room. And there's pleading going on, and there's challenge and charge and reminder of behavior, and there's pleading for forgiveness. And and in that moment, I'll never forget, finally, the young person drops to their knees and just pleading, forgive me, I'm sorry. And the father reaches out, shaking with anger, shaking. And I'm standing there like this is, I'm thinking, should I even be here right now? I don't know what you were thinking, but that's what I was thinking. And all of a sudden, this hand that wanted just to grab and just like bulgy, big arms, just like, oh, melted. Put the hand on the head. and said, I forgive you. reached down, grabbed and lifted up. And I thought, I have never seen that before. And whatever that is, I want I want to be able to display this kind of father dynamic that is I'll be strong when I need to be strong. But I need to convey something about the father heart of God when we ask for forgiveness. Because fathers, you may very well be the first and most influential person on the topic of God. They could very well derive some of the fundamental ideas about Father God from you. Think about that. What an honor. What an honor. Some of you are sitting there. It's because you know. Get, get out of your head. Get out of your head. No. Fathers, I honor you. You have the ability and the grace and the charge to model something in a way unlike any other. God. God your family and to your children. No, 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 that, that can get skewed and twisted. I know the human condition can change many things, and, and I know that that's something that we have, to, we have to walk through, and oftentimes and many times, we have to work through what that means. But, but I want to encourage you, fathers, take the moment, have the conversation, say the words, give the charge, lay down the challenge. It's yours to do. Fathers, I honor you. You see, this role is is unmatched when I talk about the idea that, you know, even in the idea that fathers raise dangerously. One of the most important aspects of that is they teach their young people to risk. And without that fundamental idea of stepping out to risk it, our society wouldn't be the same as it is today. Or the human condition, think about this in a minute. That's a God-given thing built inside. It's right there. We're going to go conquer that. We're going to go do that. We're going to go do this. I'm going to sell all. I'm going to go there. Without that little component, without that, that, that willingness to go or to try or to do, much of what we see and observe and experience would never happen. It said somewhere along the line they caught something about Risk. I'm going to try. I'm going to lay it down. God, you're calling me? Okay, I've seen that happen before. I guess you'll provide. I'm going to go. Fathers, I honor you. Did did you know that just five words from a father are more influential than paragraphs? Like, Like five words. What are those words you would tell them? What are those moments that you would express? what are the very things that you want? And I submit to you, as I was creating this, I was thinking about, "Oh, man, my kids are... my youngest is 17, and the moment is. Whew. And then I kept reading. And I want to encourage you. And I want to tell you that just because maybe your children have grown, your moment is not lost. It's not lost. The ability to come back and to say something, to ask forgiveness or repent and and try to start, it's yours just to ask or to do. Fathers, I honor you. And if there's anything I want you to take away from this morning is that you would be encouraged. That you would be recouraged. That you would see that you have the potential to do and to take up and to replicate the father heart of God. To have sons and daughters in the kingdom and in the household of God. And they don't have to be your offspring. They can be wedded to you. They can be spiritual. But you have an impartation to give about Fathers, you see, there's something we can learn from what we see about joseph 's interaction, just the, the little bit that we see. we can learn from what we see about the Apostle Paul's interaction with Timothy. I can learn from what I 've seen about godly men in the household of, of faith at Grace Harvest Church is that Number one, men that we need to we need to be able to demonstrate our faith in God to our family, that we need to be able to show that right here. In that moment, this is what I believe. When the rubber meets the road and and conditions begin to wave things that right here we can demonstrate to our children and to our family, I trust in God and no other. Lord, you're gonna have to provide. You're gonna have to make a way. You're gonna have to do what it is that you can do in this moment. Your will be done. We trust in the Lord and we're gonna demonstrate that. So kids, gather around. We're going to pray. We're going to ask. We're going to seek. I'm going to show you that we would be able to show that we can demonstrate talking through God's purposes for their life and ours. And when the questions come, even when we don't know the answer, we can say, I don't know. However, here's what God says through the scripture. I stand on that that we would teach our children what we know about God. Th- think about this people. I know that I know what the I know what the statistics say about how much we read our Bible or how much we devote ourselves to prayer or or all these things, but here's what I want to encourage you with. You all know something about God. That's why you're here. You've encountered something about the gospel. That's why you're here. Impart that to your children. Tell them your story. If you don't know much, you know this. I once was lost, but now I'm found, and this is where I am. Thank you, God. You know this. In part, give them the words. Tell them your story. Tell them what you know about God. Men, I honor you. The words that you would have to say can be some of the most influential words that may ever be spoken over their lives. Don't hold back. Encourage them. Allow your children to experience God for themselves. This is what I love about God, Father, heart of God. He tells us, gives us a helper called the Holy Spirit, and then we're like wobbly or toddlers on this Christian journey. We're just trying to to work that through. Same way with our children. Here's, Here's what we know. Here's what we should do. What did the scripture mean to you? What did you get out of that? What is the Lord saying to you? How are you going to walk that out? Allow them, show them. And then trust God that he loves your children so much that he will be faithful to complete what it is that he starts. You see, men, today's a great day and a great opportunity to say to you, Happy Father's Day. But in the household of God, we honor you. You are irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. You were created in this moment for such a time as this. Take your role. Take your position. Do what the Lord has called you to do, which is to speak, love, and care for the people in your charge. And then if you see fatherless and the Lord puts it on your heart, bring them in. Care for them. Help them grow in the faith. Love them. Nurture them. See, in Psalm 68, 5, it says, Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in His holy habitation. He's a good God. He models good things. He's a good God. We want to be expressions of that. that Our God, He's a good God. In Matthew 7, 9 through 11, it says, Or which one of you, if his son asks for him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask of Him? You see, I know... I know some of us could hold skewed views of what it means to have a father or be a father. I could very well. But there has been something about the word of God that has been life. And that word working through people to demonstrate what it means to live out the gospel as men and as fathers, healing healing to my soul and I'm not the only one to, to, to retrain and to adjust and, and to show God's not done he's on the move he loves his people and fathers he loves you he loves you he cares for you you're not forgotten and in our culture and in our church we need to say it more so fathers we honor you and we love you. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Have a great rest of your day. Bless week.